0: Hello everyone, welcome back to yet another episode on Soundrise Podcast. My name is Alex and I'm here with my friend Vlada.
1: Hello everyone, hope you're all doing well.
0: Yes, yes, um, I'm also doing well and um, we are today about to cover a very very interesting act and um, the band is called Survivor and by the way uh, we had the honor to interview a member of that band, so that is something new to this uh, to this uh, show, and we we will release that interview shortly after releasing this episode. So, Vlada, can you tell us about this band and which records we are going to talk about today?
1: All right, so as you mentioned, we had the honor to interview a member of this band. So we decided to have a little tie up and also talk about a part of their catalog. So Survivor is a very well-known band for one major song, Eye of the Tiger that I think every listener of ours already knows. The song was famously uh, the song was famously featured in Rocky 3. Uh, But there's much more to this band than just this major song. Of course, they did have some other hits in the 80s. They were formed in the 70s, though, as a hard rock band by two guys, uh, Jim Paternick and Frankie Sullivan. So it is basically their uh, brainchild. And they managed to take this band to great commercial heights during the 80s. But I think nowadays, it seems this band is mostly overlooked, except for that one major song. So today we're trying to bring uh, the rest of their catalog to your attention. And I, I hope that we will have an interesting episode doing that.
0: Yes, exactly, Vlada. Thank you for that. Thank you for that introduction. So we're going to actually talk about three records as we always do. Uh we tend to cover three records from um from the, from the chosen bands for for every episode. So first we're going to start with their debut album, their self-titled album called Survivor. Of course, um then we're going to talk about Eye of the Tiger, um the album that actually features that major hit and finally, we're gonna talk about vital signs so Vlada, what was what was your take on their debut album so h- how do you think was their was their debut record
1: uh, that's a good question okay so um, this record came out in the late seventies and it pretty much sounds like the record of its era so it's what you would expect from an AOR, uh, radio-friendly hard rock of the times. However, I have to say that there are some uh, redeeming factors of this record. So while it may sound very typical for its time, I think that this group of musicians really excelled at that genre. So uh, in many ways, this resembles bands like Bad Company, for instance, which is, of course, Not a bad thing at all. Uh, And I think Frankie Sullivan, to me, is a major talent here, even though all the band members seem to be quite good at what they do. But Frankie Sullivan is the star of this record, bringing in a lot of interesting riffs and solos, pretty much showing that he mastered that 70s hard rock idiom. So you can recognize so many influences there. From Jimmy Page uh, to some other major guitar players of the era. Um, There is a certain sound to this record that I really enjoy. You may say it's not slick. It's not polished like some of the later stuff. Which is actually what I like about it. It sounds raw. Sometimes the riffs are very uh, prone to low frequencies. They have this kind of low... Uh, drive uh, behind it uh, especially in terms of uh, rhythm section Uh, song-wise this record as far as I know didn't really have a lot of hits somewhere in America was a hit of theirs at the time a minor hit but I think the best tracks here are a bit deeper into the record especially somewhere near the end I really enjoyed freelance which I would say is uh, Bad Company done right by another band. You know, it, it sounds very much like Bad Company to me, but done really well. And especially the the vocalist uh, excels on this track. Wonderful vocals. He has this really cool timbre. So it's not just his vocal range that is great, but also the timbre Uh, which is something that all major hard rock singers had. Uh, Paul Rogers comes to mind, even though um, Survivor's first uh, singer had a rather different style than Paul Rogers, uh, different sound. Uh, He's pretty much uh, his own man, which is a great thing. Uh, Then we have... Uh, whatever it takes, and Nothing Can Shake Me, which are two ballads that come near the end, which I think really add some flavor to the record, especially Nothing Can Shake Me is a very typical power metal ballad of the time, and I like the way these crunchy, uh, storming chords come in, uh, basically uh, emphasizing the chorus of the song. So really well executed. However, I think uh, we cannot overlook the flaws of this record. There are too many songs which are typical 70s, hard rock by numbers. And this is why I think this record is not as memorable as it could have been had the band perhaps taken more risks. Uh, Alexander, what do you think?
0: Yeah, I pretty much agree with you, Vlada. I have to say that I didn't really enjoy this album um particularly because i thought that uh, this album featured many repetitions you know for for some reason just the riffs sound pretty much uh, well not just the riffs but the the songs you know overall sounded a bit too generic i have to praise the opening track though especially because it features the chorus guitar effect that is definitely one of my favorite uh, guitar effects it reminds me of New Wave, it reminds me also, also of uh, Nirvana um, really nice sound, it also, it also fits well with um, with the bass guitar and also the sliding bass licks in, in this song are um, fantastic so that that's what I liked about it, but the whole album the album as a whole, so to say wasn't wasn't, uh, that convincing and you were absolutely right this album doesn't really contain a lot of hits and the production is kind of raw so to say. But but I think that's
1: a redeeming factor what do you think?
0: Yes I was just about to say that it really sounds different compared to the rest of the albums and that's probably down to your taste. Me personally I think that's a positive but maybe you know Maybe we have Survivor fans who prefer their later work. Maybe we have someone who likes their uh, beginnings. So that's that's all up to you, dear listeners. Um, as far as as far as I as far as I remember, you know, the rest of the songs just didn't cut for me for some reason, Vlada. So, um, but I would definitely single out somewhere in America because of that because of that beautiful beginning with the with the guitar and later on you have that sliding bass riff which is really catchy really um versatile when it comes to mu- music genres you, you know you can implement that in in all sorts of of music and that is something that i find interesting about this band not just this not just this record they have some riffs that i have heard in in other types of music. So that's really interesting. About it. Did you have the same impression maybe?
1: Uh, yes, to a degree. Uh, what I previously mentioned, especially about Frankie Su- Sullivan, is that he pretty much mastered the form. You know, like if you talk about hard rock of the time, all these riffs and, and licks and everything, you can hear that throughout the record. He has such a vast vocabulary uh, of this form. But the problem is that I feel... It could have worked better if the band had taken more chances, not just musically, but also lyrically speaking. Uh, so I find this record to be quite enjoyable, especially when I get caught up in a nice, uh, powerful guitar riff and it has that low frequency sound of the rhythm section behind it. It like really comes together. At times it even reminds me of Black Sabbath and some more, let's say, dangerous acts. But unfortunately, uh, it was kind of wasted on on too much fluff, you know, like this sort of uh, typical cliched lyrics and um, trying too hard to have a radio friendly song. But maybe that's also, on the the other hand, what this band was really good at, as also proven later on. So it's kind of hard to judge because we're looking at this from the perspective of our own taste. But I think overall, uh, this is a very pleasant record, but kind of too safe. So my highlight uh, would definitely be uh, Freelance, even though I I didn't really like the lyrics much. But I like the the attitude, this sort of typical 70s hard rock sound um, done by other people as well, like Bad company, which I bet was a major influence on Survivor.
0: Yes, Vlada. And before we do the ratings, and and um, and before I uh, tell you my my favorite track, I mean I have I have already said it. It's somewhere in America, obviously. Vlada, if we have, if if you were to meet someone that. Uh, that is interested in uh, discovering this band. Do you think that this album is a good starting point?
1: Uh, That's a fair question. And I actually think it might be, you know, despite all the criticism, I think that if you're into 70s hard rock, if that's your thing, you know, this kind of American radio friendly 70s hard rock, if you like bands like Bad Company or journey or maybe a foreigner i think you should go for this record absolutely i think you might discover a lot of good things there especially in terms of talent i think frankie sullivan is an overlooked talent here and i kind of feel bad for him because i feel that this would have been more obvious if it was in a more ambitious record but still, having said that, I think if you're into this genre, go ahead, get this record, enjoy it.
0: Fair points, Vlada. Okay, my rating for this album, um, I might be a bit harsh, but it's going to be 5 out of 10. And my favorite track is the the opening track somewhere in America. How about you, Vlada? Uh,
1: my favorite track is uh, Freelancer even though there are a couple of other uh, tunes that I really enjoyed, especially near the end. Uh, but I would give this record 6 out of 10. So I think it's a, it's an enjoyable record. It's something that I would enjoy listening to, perhaps on a road trip, in a car. It has that energy. It has wonderful playing. I really like the way this band gels together. But I just wish... It was more ambitious. Or perhaps, you know, if you look at some other records of the time, like Van Halen's debut album, you know, it doesn't have that kind of uh, sense of danger, even though it does have a certain sense of danger, but not that kind of sense of danger. And that's what's lacking.
0: I agree. All right. So, dear listeners, um, as always, we put our we put uh, the links of our favorite uh, tracks in the description. So below this clip, um, doesn't matter whether you're listening it uh, on I don't know Spotify or Stitcher or Castwork, Castbox or YouTube, um, you can always click on those links and hear um, what we actually preferred. So moving on. The previous record was released in 1971 so now we are entering the 80s and I think that this period was their peak. Obviously we are going to talk about Eye of the Tiger, uh, the album called Eye of the Tiger released in 1982. First of all, I have to praise the the album art, artwork so well done on that. It's a really nice um picture of a of a tiger. And, and really um, interesting uh, color combination, so to say, and this album is definitely an upgrade. If you ask me, this album actually features more hits. Uh, you can sense the um, the mature sound. and the musicianship is 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 top notch here. And also, I have to say that uh, with this record, you can for for the first time, you can sense the importance of the scent. So that's my take. And Vlada, what are you saying?
1: Uh, hmm. Interesting. So um, I think that it is an upgrade in several ways, especially in terms of how the band sounds here. I think they sound even more confident than on the debut album. So there was, I think, another record in between this one and the debut. So Here they kind of come into their own. Of course, the album has what is now an iconic start with Eye of the Tiger. Now, some of you listeners may think, oh, but that song is overplayed to death. It's become a cliche. It's basically a meme. But, but, just think (laughs) about how difficult it is to write such a recognizable tune. And not a lot of songs associated with films have withstood the test of time, the way this song has. So I I want you to try to think about it in that way. So uh, that's a really major song here. I don't know if if it's the best song they ever did. Some fans may probably disagree about it. But that opening riff, that's uh, that's where, again, Sullivan shines. He's a really good riff master. You know, he has... uh, uh, he has a really great knack for writing uh, recognizable riffs. The he only problem.
0: The juice, right? Uh,
1: yeah, but, but the problem is that with some tracks, these riffs kind of get lost in the background because the vocals or the melodies, the vocal melodies take over. So it's not like in uh, with some other hard rock bands where uh, the vocal melody kind of follows the riff. In Survivor, very often, the riff is sort of like backing the vocal melody. So it's it's a bit behind, at least in the consciousness of the, of the listener. But with Eye of the Tiger, I think they had the right combination of everything. So that track is a, a classic for a reason. But uh, about the rest of the record now. Um, I'm not sure I enjoyed this as much as the debut have to say, despite oh, wow. the fact, despite the fact that they definitely sound better, especially like the way keyboards sound on this one. Uh, and there are some tracks I would like to single out. First and foremost, hesitation dance, which sounds very much like Led Zeppelin, ACDC kind of thing. Especially the opening sounds a bit ACDC. And you know, you can tell again how well Sullivan uh knows hard rock how well he he ha- how, how he has this ability to kick in with an excellent riff um, but then the album kind of loses me after that song even though there are some good tracks um I'm I'm not that man anymore again is in my mind, Uh, very similar to Eye of the Tiger. Not so much melodically, but in terms of attitude, it has that drive, that sort of, uh, you know, motivational, uh, edgy, dark vibe. And I like that. I like that. Um, Also, American Heartbeat is another track that I would love to single out um, because it has a very interesting keyboard work. The yes, synths, absolutely. I love the synths on this one, it's not your typical 80s synths, these are like, these are more dark, more foreboding synths, uh, and I love the atmosphere created by by this sound. So, overall, a good, absolutely competent agree. record, some upgrades in terms of having more memorable songs, at least the best cuts here are more memorable than the best cuts on the debut album so um alexander what's what's your final take on this one
0: gotta latch on the um the love for american heartbeat because i absolutely love the opening riff on the scent uh, it's really it really reminds me of new wave and synth pop and this is something that i've already mentioned uh, this riff since it reminds me of other types of music, um, you can basically use it in, in you know, a variety of songs. That's what I like about it, and also the the bass is is very prominent here. So that's without any question my standout track, "American Heartbeat." Guys, please check it out. This is something that I believe that even new wave fans would like, and I mean this is not something that that could that that would necessarily surprise us. I mean we're talking about the eighties uh, new wave was basically dominating at that time, but this band is not um a new wave act They're they just implement some riffs and some um obviously some instruments so really like that obviously the opening track is super popular everybody knows that well done to to survive for making such an iconic tune you know as you said Vlada, it's not really easy to to, to make such a such a big hit so yeah but overall again even though it's a it's kind of an upgrade i still have that impression and uh i still f- uh, kind of perceive this album in the same way as i perceived the previous one it's kind of tepid to be honest vlada uh,
1: i think that's a good word again it's all also a shame because i feel that they have a lot of good things going on here especially in those tracks that we singled out but ultimately it falls flat I think uh, mostly because Eye of the Tiger is such a standout that then when you listen to the rest of the record, it doesn't seem relevant at all. And does it
0: overshadow the rest of the album?
1: It does. Uh, definitely does. And I think it, it's a bit of a shame because there are some cool ideas in there. And again, I really admire is playing. I think he was a very versatile player. And this record shows that yet again. But... Again, I think uh, this band at the time was probably uh, trying to get more hits, and I think that's what ultimately cost them maybe somewhat more profound music that they could have made if they had uh, looked at things from a different angle. But it's also hard to to judge this from from the modern-day perspective. So to me, this album is, again, six, just like the previous one we talked about. Uh, in some ways it's an upgrade over the first record, but I kind of liked the first record slightly better because it sounded more genuine, it sounded more honest, uh, it sounded uh, more enthusiastic. You know, you, you could feel that youthful exuberance and enthusiasm and I like that about it. So, But they're approximately about the same. What's what's your final uh, grade?
0: OK, Vlad, um, before I give you my rating, I just want to quickly quote uh, something that I, I've i seen on Wikipedia. It's about All Music's uh, rating, All Music's uh, description of this album. So according to Wikipedia, All Music's brief retro- retrospective review was the dismissive of the album declaring that nothing really nothing here really scales the same height as the title track. So that's something that you've already mentioned, Vlada. That that's pretty interesting. Um my rating is hmm since it's a, it's an upgrade, I can't really give it a 5, but let's go with the same rating the same rating as yours, Vlada, 6 out of 10 and the standout track is of course American Heartbeat.
1: Oh, uh, of course, American Heartbeat. I I thought you were going to say, of course, Eye of the Tiger, because I think that's the standout track here. I mean, it's it's no brainer, right? But if we want to choose a dark horse here, then it's definitely American Heartbeat, because I think it's the most unique song on the set. You know, especially given Absolutely. that Eye of the Tiger has been overplayed to death, so it may not seem so interesting to people who might. Pick up this record and listen to it now. Okay, so now the interesting thing is, moving towards the next record, uh, it's called Vital Signs, and here the band made a major change. They replaced the vocalist. So here, instead of uh, Dave Bickler, who I think is an excellent singer with a very recognizable vocal timbre. Uh, I I love his attitude. I love... Uh, the, the way his voice carries the songs and it's not always about the range as I previously noted but it's more about just the color that he adds to the overall sound which is very complementary to Frankie's playing but now we have Jamie Jamieson, another really good vocalist but somewhat different and I think the fact that they got the different vocalists here is the reason why the direction changed overall. So Alexander, what do you think about this?
0: Hey, Vlada, that's something that I wanted to ask you, but you were, you were the first actually to... You, you, were, you were quicker, so to say. So it's Jimmy Jameson, not Jamie, it's Jimmy Jameson. Oh, I'm and... sorry.
1: I apologize to Jimmy if he by any chance <laughs> listens to this. Oh no, he's dead. Sorry. Oops. (laughs) Delete that.
0: No worries. Um, This is actually their first record with Jimmy Jameson as their lead vocalist. This album actually features a lot lot of uh, ballads, and I found it quite interesting. And also Jimmy Jameson, his vocal range and his timbre, his way of singing, really matched that... Uh, balladish uh atmosphere so to say so I really like those those ballads I think they were a nice addition I mean we've seen ballads with uh, with the, some of the previous records but I think these ballads actually characterize this album so this album is really known for having plenty of, of ballads such such as First Night uh, I think that was a nice song my my gripe with this record is that in a way, it's kind of even. Um, yeah, for for some reason, all these ballads have their own energy, have their own message that that they try to send to the li- to the listener. But I don't know quality w- wise or um, m- musically wise, so to say, it's um, it's pretty even. What about you, Vlada? Uh,
1: I think. The band here is really trying hard for that major ballad hit. And I think they actually succeeded. Because the first track here, the first track here, uh, I Can't Hold Back. back, Yes, I think that was a major hit for the band. And it's a, a very catchy ballad. I love the way... It builds up and it speeds up, love the tempo change. So as far as uh, power ballads are concerned, a much maligned uh, genre in the 80s that people tend to overlook nowadays a bit, uh, I think this is a great power ballad, a really nice addition to their catalogue. But the problem is that they continue in the same style over and over, that a lot of these tracks... Are aiming for a similar atmosphere. They're aiming for that uh, '80s a big chorus, and sometimes I feel it's a bit overdone. Uh, on the on the upside, there are some really beautiful parts, especially in terms of keyboards and uh, our special guest who we interviewed, and uh, whose name I won't I won't reveal right now. Uh, mentioned that uh, his favorite track is the search is over a very beautiful ballad here with wonderful piano parts and i think there's some merits to these ballads i mean if you were trying to find out how to write a great 80s power power ballad this is the record to go to it's like a template for such stuff w- what do you th- what do you think about this alexander
0: Basically the same, the same as you do, Vlad. I have to say that a lot of these ballads really show how important the keyboards are, and I think that the keyboards are fully established here. And I can also sense a, a high grade of maturity here and experience. So this is a record where they are fully recognized. I would say and apart from these ballads i have one track that i would like to single out that's broken promises because it features a very nice groovy punchy riff riff uh, right from the beginning and this is probably something that this band is known for you know having these powerful intros not just to, to the uh, to, to the records but also intros to the songs and that's a big plus, if you ask me. So that's my standout track here, but, um, What's yours?
1: Oh, that, that's a good question. So mm, some interesting tracks here. I, I can't hold back, I would say. It's my favorite. I know it's predictable, but it's so damn catchy. What can I do? It just, you know, it's like made for sing-along. And I know it, there there is a bit of a cheese factor to it. But it doesn't really take away for what the song is, uh, you know. And it's it's an extremely good power ballad. But then again, I would like to mention a couple of other tracks. Uh, okay, the search is over, obviously. But an interesting track here, that maybe not one of the highlights per se, is Popular Girl. and And why am I finding this one interesting? Because it really reminds me of Toto's Hold the Line, like the the intro, especially. I don't know if it was deliberate. Uh, The songs are definitely not the same. But, you know, the interesting thing about Hold the Line and Toto is that they had a lot of these R&B elements. And this is something that I feel we forgot to mention about Survivor as well, that there's a bit of R&B to their sound. Uh, Eye of the Tiger has that R&B groove. Uh, Some other songs on the previous record as well. Uh, Here, you can hear it in Popular Girl. So I think that's something that, you know, makes this band very American sounding. You know, you like, no British hard rock band sounds like this. So for better or worse, this is a very American sounding hard rock band with lots of R&B flavors, and uh, with with this kind of lighter approach to hard rock sound. Whereas I think the Brits generally have a darker approach, which is why I feel the British hard rock bands are more popular in general.
0: All right, Vlada. Before we do our usual ratings and, and standout tracks, I would like to ask you, uh, is this record, in your opinion, um, less overshadowed by the opening track is it? Does it feature more hits, so to say? Because Eye of the Tiger has that one huge song, and the rest, uh, the rest of the record is kind of overshadowed. Is that a case with Vital Signs here? What do you think?
1: Uh, it's definitely more even. You know, like the first track is a standout for me, but then again, there are some other tracks that are not far behind it I think especially in terms of sound Uh, one thing about Eye of the Tiger is that most songs don't really sound like it Uh, there are a few songs that we mentioned that do but other songs sound different so I imagine some listeners might be disappointed by that but here uh, for better or worse songs kind of sound alike and there aren't clear standouts so much as there were on Eye of the Tiger. So, yeah, you're definitely right about that.
0: Okay, thank you. Thank you, Vada. So, my rating is uh, the same as Eye of the Tiger, so it's 6 out of 10. My standard track is, um, as I mentioned, Broken Promises. Vlada, hit us with your rating.
1: Okay, the standout track, I can't hold it back. Uh, rating, I would say 5. Point five. so to me this is a, a slight downgrade from Eye of the Tiger, mainly because I feel like the band was trying too hard to have a lot of ballad hits, and um, on the upside, there is a lot of good musicianship, and it's different from the previous stuff, which is always a good thing, no matter what people might say. It's good for bands to evolve to try something new, a new approach. So the new singer, the new approach, an excellent singer at that. Great pipes there. So that's a redeeming quality. But I just feel this record should have had more diversity. So
0: 5.5. Fair enough, Lara. Okay, dear listeners, we're approaching the end of this episode of this special follow-up episode since we As we said, I had the tremendous honor to interview one of the current members of this band. So please um, take a closer look, you know, in the upcoming days at our social media accounts obviously, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Um, We are about to announce that that great feature, that new feature on this show. And we're also going to do more interviews in, in, in the upcoming future, uh, right, Vlada?
1: Yes, so stay tuned. We're having this great interview out this week, right after we release this episode, one of the members of Survivor. But then we will follow it up with another interview to come very soon afterwards. Stay tuned. We won't reveal anything right now, but we are having somebody who is a major figure. Uh, So stay tuned for that. I think it's going to be very exciting, not just for us, but also for you, dear listeners. Uh, A huge shout out to all our patrons. You guys make this much easier. You guys make this happen week after week. So I need to express my gratitude for everything you've done for us so far. So huge shout out to Stefan, Kelly, Janko, Andriana, Asha, Stephanie, and David. Uh, For the rest of you, we also appreciate that you tune in, that you listen to our, our little rambling sessions here. I hope you enjoy them as much as we do. If you want to check out Uh, how you can become a patron and what kind of benefits you may get becoming one, Uh, go to our Patreon page, Soundrise Podcast. It's easy to find. You can also check out our special tiers. Uh, Each tier has special benefits that you can get depending on how much uh, money you contribute. So check it out. Check out our Twitter and Facebook pages as well. And we are more than happy to interact with any one of you. So if you have any comments, be it criticism or uh, some other comments regarding the the episodes, we are more than willing to listen to it. Uh, Alexander, any final words for this episode?
0: Yes, Vlada, thank you. Thank you for uh, giving our listeners such great and valuable info. Dear listeners, this is the very end of this episode. I just want to kindly ask you to spare a minute to um, have a listen to um, an advertisement from uh, our friends at Pav Rev Day. So please stay, stay, stay here just for an additional minute. And uh, that's it from our side. We'll see you in a week.
1: Write a review and then you can share it
0: with the world in any social media platform.
1: And then your friends see it and you can share and discover new shows together.
0: This is Steph, instigator of Pod Rev Day Podcast Review Day.
1: And I'm Andy from Inspired Money. And I'm Arielle of Earbuds Podcast Collective and Castbox. We're here to tell you everything you need to know about Pod Rev Day, which is on the eighth of every month of every year, of every century, of every you get it. We are posting podcast reviews as part of Hashtag pod Day Podcast Review Day. Because podcasters work their butts off and deserve to know how much they've impacted your lives. And you can do that through reviews. Even one star feels surprisingly <laughs> good. Does it? It lets you know that people are at least listening. Don't be a passive podcast listener. Write a review and tell your favorite creator what you love about their podcast or about a specific episode. And to
0: participate, you just need to do one review.
1: And we'll see you every eighth of the month.
0: Podrev Day, because podcasters deserve to hear it.
1: Hashtag Podrev Day,
0: P O D R E V D A Y.